0: Back in the summer, there was this moment when something Congress did started blowing up on TikTok.
1: When that child tax credit hit your account
0: and you had no idea. Do you remember the child tax credit TikTok videos from over the summer?
1: People were pretty happy about it.
0: Slate's Jordan Weissman wrote about this moment when suddenly, because of the American Rescue Plan, the traditional child tax credit got expanded for several months, just as a trial demo. That's what got these families all over the country feeling flush. I mean, my favorite was the woman who went on TikTok and said, I got my first child tax credit payment today. Which means the government has officially paid me more child support than my baby daddy ever has. And then, like, all the ones with the the TikTok lady voice, like, when you are running low on your account,
1: when you are running low on your account and finally receive child tax credit, Alone. yeah, people were thrilled. Alone. So, I initially interpreted them as like a really good sign for the Biden administration. You know, if a policy is going viral on TikTok, that usually means it's broken through to some extent in public consciousness, but. Unfortunately, uh, that was that was sort of when there was more optimism in general permeating the Biden administration and and, and its big plans and ambitions. Here
0: are a few things to know about these child tax credit checks. Researchers up at Columbia University estimate that within four months, they reduced child poverty in this country by 30 percent. A neuroscientist released a study showing monthly payments like these improve brain function in babies. And oh, yeah, this program, it was scheduled to sunset at the end of 2021.
1: And now here we are where it's uh, expired and um, it's, you know, not clear Democrats are going to be able to do much about it.
0: A lot of progressive policy wonks. They hoped that once Americans got a window into how things could be, they wouldn't want that window to close.
1: It is a little bit depressing for those of us who uh, liked this policy and uh, were excited about the government taking really bold action to reduce child poverty. And it's been kind of depressing in some surprising ways. There was a pretty widespread assumption among policy wonks and advocates that this would be a very popular policy, that this would be extremely popular, that once it was in place, it would be very difficult to let elapse because, Who could be against (laughs) reducing child poverty, right? Is
0: it not popular?
1: You know, it's okay. It's middling. It depends on the poll you look at. A lot of them show it like kind of above 50%, but it's not ecstatically popular. Another thing that if you look closely at the polling, and this what I'm about to say just baffles me, like boggles my mind, given that people were getting $300 checks in the mail every month, but it looks like a lot of people don't realize they received it.
0: Much easier to kill a program when people don't really know it exists.
1: Yeah. The other factor is that some families don't seem to think it was a very big deal. And it's frustrating to see it kind of come to an end for now.
0: Today on the show, how this reworked child tax credit crashed and burned. Does Washington have the will to revive it? I'm Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next. Stick around. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. To understand why the child tax credit had people dancing on TikTok, it helps to have a little legislative history. Because the child tax credit is not new. It's just that over the last year, it got completely reimagined. Back when the original child tax credit passed during the Clinton years, it was a $400 credit. Parents could claim it come tax time. Eventually, the amount of this refund got ratcheted up, but it still required plenty of paperwork, and some parents did not qualify at all. They made too little to reap any benefit. What made Biden's plan so different is that first, it boosted the amount of money paid out, and then it required no minimum income from the parents at all. Finally, instead of waiting till tax season, parents got their checks monthly, supplementing their income in real time.
1: It was like, instead of having this be something you get once a year at tax time, why not just give people money throughout the year when they need it and help them cover their expenses, right? It's, it seems rational. You know, people love their tax refunds, but why not just give them money when they need to pay for diapers or when they need to, you know, pay for their kids' daycare?
0: We spoke to one mom named Sierra McDonald, who lives in Jackson, Mississippi. Sierra's got three kids, ages 13, 10, and 5. And she said the expanded tax credit was a lifeline for her. She used it to help move to a bigger place and pay for things for her family.
1: Like, I have to get the boys' haircut. I have to get shoes. I have to get clothes, get washing powder. for It's household things, toys, toilet uh, tissue, food. It's
0: a lot of things. Research shows that this is how a lot of families use their money as a buffer, but now the buffer's gone. So when this was passed, was the thinking always that this benefit, we'll try it out, and we'll see how it goes, and then we'll come back and talk about it later? Or was the intention, we're going to get this thing done, and it's going to be impossible to roll back once we do?
1: I think it was more the latter. Right. That was sort of the idea it's like once it's in place, it's going to be hard to dislodge. That was sort of the thinking like who because, again, who's going to want to be responsible for letting child poverty like bounce back up? And you heard a lot of rhetoric along those lines, like, who you know, who on earth would be pro child poverty?
0: It was interesting to me to see what kind, con- which Congress people were really behind the idea of sending people checks. It seemed like it had, as you said, this momentum and like a a strength of support that wouldn't let it fail.
1: Yeah, there was sort of like an interesting coalition in the Democratic Party behind this idea. You had sort of dyed in the wool progressives and they were sort of allied with like the more self-consciously wonky Democrats, the ones who are like very into like Kind of interesting and slightly out there policy ideas because the idea of uh, the, the notion of just giving poor people money or poor families money uh, ha- has really gotten traction with a, a certain kind of Washington. Think tanker type, um, and so the you technocrats, have, yeah, the technocrats exactly have have really gotten to the idea of just, uh, just just giving poor people money and and not conditioning it on anything necessarily. Sort of versions of a universal basic income, but maybe a little bit more targeted to to kids. Um, and so the, those two sides managed to come together and like actually get this policy into a major bill, and it seemed to have support kind of throughout the party. Um, but again, there are some key exceptions, such as. Uh, Senator from West Virginia.
0: Yeah. I mean, expanding the child tax credit, making it more permanent, relied on putting it inside the Build Back Better bill. And when I look at what happened with the child tax credit, one thing I can't quite figure out, but I'm hoping you can help me with, is whether the child tax credit... Was the victim of the fact that the Build Back Better Act was so massive and confusing and had so many bells and whistles that, you know, it it just happened to be in that bigger piece of legislation and therefore it's it's dead for now? Or whether individual senators looked specifically at the child tax credit and said, "Uh uh-uh, we're not going to do that.
1: Yeah, I think it's more the latter. Um, you know, we talk. I mean, there, there's still a lot of confusion about exactly what happened to build back better, and there's all sorts of speculation about, you know, the, the sh- about why it is that Joe Manchin essentially <laughs> derailed negotiations, and you know, they're back, they're talking again, but um, there, there's kind of this this big hovering question about whether he wants a bill at all, or if he really does have specific objections that Democrats just have not managed to, uh, you know, respond to in a way that he's satisfied with. Um, but in terms of his actual specific vocal objections, the child tax credit was, was a big part of what he didn't like in the bill. He decided he did not like the fact that this uh, program was going to give money to parents whether or not they worked. Um, he thought that it was he, you know, he actually had kind of two objections. One is that he thought that it was kind of it, the, the expanded version of the credit was eligible to too many families uh, at the higher end of the income spectrum, like too many, uh, too many like upper rich middle people. class families. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't really rich people get it, but like upper middle class families or almost upper middle class families. He wanted to sort of means test it a little bit more on that side um, and and restrict it a little bit more to kind of lower middle class families, it seemed. But then also he didn't like the fact that you didn't need to work in order to get it. And there was all this reporting about how he was telling people that families were spending the money on drugs instead of helping their kids. There was some reporting that he said this outright in an event in West Virginia. Also, some of his fellow members of Congress said they heard him say it.
0: Sources tell ABC News that during private conversations on Capitol Hill, Manchin questioned whether parents would use that money to buy drugs.
1: Sources say- you know, it, it, it's stuff that's sort of reminiscent about the a, lot of the a lot of the anti-welfare rhetoric from the 90s, which isn't surprising because in some ways, Joe Manchin is an unreconstructed conservative Democrat from like the early 2000s and late 90s. That's sort of his mindset. Um, and he, you know, he has said repeatedly that he is OK with the child tax credit, but it needs a work requirement.
0: It's funny, when I started hearing about Manchin having those kinds of objections, I thought back to those TikTok videos of people celebrating and being like, the government's paying me more than my baby daddy ever did. And I was like, I could see how a Joe Manchin would see those TikToks in a different way and would recoil.
1: And that's sort of the problem when your ability to pass legislation depends on getting all 50 members of your Senate caucus to agree on something. It's like, Joe Manchin has socially conservative views and economically conservative views about a lot of issues. And uh, if he doesn't like a TikTok video or doesn't like a story you heard from a constituent uh, and it gets stuck in his head, then you're out of luck, right? Like, that's that's kind of the reality.
0: When we get back, is a child tax credit expansion gone for good.
1: The future of America is in your hands. This is not a movie trailer, and it's not a political ad, but it is a call to action. I'm Mila Atmos, and I'm passionate about unlocking the power of everyday citizens. On our podcast, Future Hindsight, we take big ideas about civic life and democracy and turn them into action items for you and me. Every Thursday, we talk to bold activists and civic innovators to help you understand your power and your power to change the status quo. Find us at futurehindsight.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: I wonder if you and I can take some of the conservative concerns about the child tax credit seriously and go through them one by one. Like one worry is that the child tax credit is causing inflation. This is from Senator Roy Blunt of Missouri, arguing that giving people more money to spend when the supply chain is already strained, it means the government's contributing to rising prices. What do you make of that?
1: you know, on its own, I don't think the child tax credit is putting enough money in the economy to like, you know, explain what's been happening. But one question is like, you have to get into is like, what's causing inflation? And the short answer is like, basically, people have had a lot of extra money to spend recently, partly thanks to the government and partly because like wages have been going up. And the other part is that supply chains have messed up. And those things have collided and helped to create a lot of inflation. And the child tax credit on its own is not like, necessarily responsible for that. But if you had it with like student loan repayment freeze, for instance, and then also the stimulus checks that went out and all those other factors like, yeah, it contributed a little bit. But like also that's for one year, right? Like long term, like no.
0: Okay, let's get into Joe Manchin's concerns because his concerns are twofold. One, that we're not being choosy enough about who gets child tax credit money but that also poor people may not use the money wisely. What do you say to these concerns?
1: I mean, almost all the evidence we have is that like parents are using it for like groceries and stuff. Like the idea that like parents are using this cash to buy drugs is just so, so tired, so tired and a little bit racist. And like, I I, I don't, I almost don't even like have anything to say about that beyond just like, no, the empirical question is like, does giving every parent some money discourage them from working? Does it encourage them to just stay home? And, like, there's actually not a lot of evidence that's the case. If you look at those studies from Canada, for instance. Um, where they already do this. Yeah, where they already do this. It suggests that there's, like, maybe a moderate effect on some parents, like, on, on married parents. And, like, there isn't much of an effect at all on single parents. Um, hmm. For, Right. And like, you know, if you stop and that makes sense, because if you're
0: married, maybe one of you can stay home and one of you works and the credit offsets the income of the one who's staying home.
1: Exactly. And if you think about it, it's like, okay, if like the big effect of this is like a few more moms, like spend a little bit more time at home with their kid initially after like, you know, they give birth or yeah, that's, that's not a disaster. You know, so the idea is like conservatives saying, well, even if it doesn't directly to discourage work by, you know, reducing the value of, of it still like gives them a little bit of an extra cushion to weigh back, to to lean back on. And so they don't have to go to work. They're not going to they're not going to starve if they don't go to work, to which I think most Democrats would say, that's a good thing. Like, we don't want people to starve. So it's that's sort of the that's kind of the debate there. But I think like the bottom line is there's not much evidence that it really discourages work in a substantial way.
0: I'm noticing something as you talk which is you're talking a lot about how cash benefits help poor parents in particular. One of Manchin's concerns is that rich people are going to get this. People who are well-off are going to get this. People who don't need this are going to get this. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that criticism. Is it valid?
1: This is more about, like, the political theory of it, right? Like, part of the idea is that if you made this program near universal, it would make it more popular. And it's just not clear that's actually the case. Right? Like, most progressives are not, like, determined to give upper middle class families a tax cut. Right? Like, that's... They have no... They don't really care that much about families making $100,000 or more a year.
0: Then again, those may be, like, the Democratic base. A
1: <laughs> good part of it, right? Yeah, that's the flip side. It's like, okay, but, you know, those people vote and they're part of the base. and like if this program helps them too, then they'll support it more. Right. But like it that hasn't actually obviously worked as a, a political strategy. If you look at some polling, actually, it seems like the policy is a little bit more popular if you limit it to lower income families um, or like kind of lower middle class families. Um, and I think there's a little bit of, I mean, I've talked to some some of them, colleagues at Slate who like started getting the $300 monthly checks and were like, do I actually need this money? And I had to explain to them that like, actually, if you make a certain amount, you might not actually be getting any more money than you were previously from your tax refund. It just might be coming hmm. monthly instead of, right? Like, or you're only getting a little bit more money than you previously were from your tax refund, but it's just changing the way it's being delivered, yada, yada. But I think there there's, you know, some skepticism among uh, some families at sort of the top of the income scale like whether, A, they personally need it or if other families like them really need it. And so the benefits of the policy have a lot more to do with just getting it to poorer families and lower middle class families that actually are financially strapped and need the help.
0: The weird thing to me about all the pushback around the child tax credit is that it was happening at the same time that we could see the real world impact of the program, which was incredibly swift. Like I heard an interview on NPR in December with a researcher who talks about child hunger up in Boston. And one of the things she said was, you know, they're asking like, what, what's going to make a difference? What's going to change things? She's like, well, actually my clients have been getting the child tax credit and like that's actually turning things around. I actually see it clinically in my patients. And I thought, wow, it's amazing to me that we're still debating this thing and whether it's a net good or not when the evidence is right here.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I mean like I'm not gonna put it any better than that, but like that's where we are because there are a few conservative Democrats we have to rely on to vote for it. (laughs) You know, I I will say like one of the lessons we're seeing is that like cash benefits really make a difference. It's gonna take a while to set up like universal pre-K or a new healthcare program or things like that, but actually just giving people cash really does work quickly. Right, and it can change lives quickly. And we like you said, we are we're seeing the effects of this policy on the ground up until today. I mean, if you actually started planning your life around getting this money every month, then you probably feel pretty betrayed by whoever, you know, decided to cut it off, and right now that's the that's the Democrats. It's frustrating. I want to offer like a little note of optimism here which is, I don't think that any bill that Democrats pass, if they do pass another major piece of legislation, is gonna have a version of the child tax credit exactly like what Joe Biden included in the American Rescue Plan. I don't think that's coming back. There are sort of modified versions you could do. You could make it so that you would have a work requirement like Joe Manchin has asked for, and you could probably still reduce child poverty by like 20%. There are ways to massage it, you could kind of make Joe Manchin happy and still do a lot of good in the world. The question is then like how much does that cost and can they fit it into whatever bill they're gonna end up creating? I still think so I think there there's still some reason for hope that some version of this program will be resurrected or of this expansion will be resurrected, but not necessarily a version that's as generous as what Biden put in place for a year.
0: I guess I wonder for someone like you who looks at data to try to understand economic policies and proposals better. What are the lessons from the life and the death of the child tax credit?
1: Giving families money is a really uh, quick and efficient way to make poor people's lives much better. It's not necessarily as popular as a lot of us anticipated. And so there's still more work to do convincing public politicians that uh, apparently Reducing child poverty is a worthwhile American initiative.
0: Jordan, you're always here for me with those hard truths. (laughs) Thanks for joining the show.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on.
0: Jordan Weissman writes about the economy for Slate. And that's our show. What Next is produced by Mary Wilson, Carmel Del Shad, Elena Schwartz, and Daniel Hewitt. We are led by Alicia Montgomery. And I'm Mary Harris. Go track me down on Twitter. Say hi. I'm at Mary's desk. Thanks for listening. I will talk to you tomorrow.